0: Welcome to the Real Live Faith Podcast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Janice. Life is a parable. All of creation points to God the Creator. We're going to be talking about how we see this in action in our everyday lives and how we use
1: our good days and our mess-ups to grow in our relationship with the Lord. We don't know in what season of life you find yourself currently, but let this be a season of new life and growth. Join us as we talk about having real faith in real life.
0: When we're suffering, being persecuted, mistreated, or experiencing an injustice, tell me if you feel this way. You want it to end right now, right? I'm with you. The Bible actually reminds us in several places, though, to hang on. The wicked will see their day. And as we'll learn in this episode, the key is learning to wait well. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in
1: James 5, and we're going to be unpacking verses 7 through 11. James 5, verses 7 through 11, says this. Therefore, be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it, until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain, brothers and sisters, against one another, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. As an example, brothers and sisters, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. James begins in verse 7, speaking to brothers and sisters,
0: that is, those within the family of God. And while he warned the wicked of the coming judgment day, that same coming of the Lord provides a beautiful source of joy and hope for the followers of Christ. It's not something to fear. It's something we wait patiently for. And we can wait because we know that God is faithful to do what he said he will do.
1: Yeah, and that same passage warns us not to be short with one another. God wants his people to be unified. Just like the farmer and his farmhands have to work together to get the crops planted, it's in doing our work together that we're strengthening our relationships So that during that season of waiting, we can live in peace with one another. We wait patiently together because we know that we've done the work required of each of us. This is how we should wait for the return of the Lord also. And that's really hard to learn how to
0: wait patiently for the return of Christ because God's people have been waiting for this day for many years. And every generation has had to learn that God's timing is not always our timing. So just like them, we too have to learn to be patient and to live a life of faithfulness and steadfastness in the meantime. And the opposite of waiting well and patiently enduring is being anxious and stressed, complaining, grumbling, being discouraged and despairing. And James addresses that in verse 9 of chapter 5, and he shows us that grumbling, especially against each other, is not being patient. Instead, it's actually stirring up bitterness,
1: resentment, anger, and unforgiveness. It seems like patience is a skill that has faded away in recent years. Now our culture is all about instant and on-demand and express delivery, and we've been conditioned to make decisions with one swipe of a finger, so there's little need to wait on very much, if anything, in our lives. And those of us who live decently comfortably, especially here in America, we get irritated when God tells us to wait Or he withholds something from us for a time and we become impatient. And maybe that's why it's so hard for some people to have faith in God now. They think, well, he supposedly said something would happen and it's been how many thousand years? Yeah, I don't think so. And they give up on him. So what does it look like to patiently
0: wait for the return of Christ? Or maybe another way to phrase that question is how can we live our lives marked by the fruit of patience? Well, James tells us, in chapter 5 verse 8 that we like the farmer are to be patient and then he says in that verse establish or strengthen your hearts so that as we wait we can stand firm we have to be so deeply rooted in Christ before hard times come so that we can remain steadfast when we face difficult times and especially regarding the wicked and You know, the seeming lack of action that we perceive on God's part. We don't see him move in our situation, you know, in our favor. And so we get frustrated or we get confused. But we need to be patient as we wait for God to bring vindication where needed. And it doesn't mean we sit idly and do nothing. Instead, we're to live our lives in a way that
1: exemplifies the justice, mercy, goodness, and compassion of God. And going along with establishing our hearts, Peter mentions this in 1 Peter 1.13. He says we have to prepare our minds for action. This implies what I like to call active waiting. And all that means is there's work to be done while we're waiting on the Lord. We don't just sit around twiddling our thumbs while we wait for Jesus to come back, right? Instead, we're busy doing the work he has commanded us to do. We're serving, loving, pouring into those around us and witnessing That work is never done. There will always be someone new to befriend and to witness to. And so we remain faithful and steadfast as an act of faith that God will follow through on his word. Because although we can't control God's timing, we can control what we choose to do with the time that he has allowed us to have. James then goes on in verses 10 and 11, pointing
0: us to two examples of those who waited well, the prophets and Job. The Bible tells us the prophets and Job had fortitude. Jeremiah, Moses, and David all suffered persecution. They are given to us as an example of suffering and patience, meaning we're to look to those who've gone before us and who, with faith and obedience, finished their race. They lived
1: faithful and steadfast lives. They believed God would eventually do what he said he would do. Job is a great example of this. He was a faithful man of God whose world was shaken. He lost everything, his kids, his possessions, his health. Yet in all of it, he did not sin. He remained steadfast through the suffering, bringing his griefs and questions to God and always trusting. Job 13:15 says, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. I love that example of Job,
0: and that verse is my favorite. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. You know, the thing I think that Job does the best for us is he shows us it's okay to bring our griefs before God. We can come to God with our questions, with our tears, with our anger and our frustration. None of that surprises God. Yet at the end of the day, we have to choose whether or not we will trust God. We might not understand what he's doing. We may not understand his timing or like it. But the question is, will we wait patiently for him and believe the way that Job did? Are we able to look at our circumstances and say like him, yet I will hope in him. And so many of the prophets spoke hard truths. They would constantly put their lives on the line. And God asked them to do crazy things. Their lives were hard. But... They spoke in the name of the Lord anyway. And we can look to them, as James tells us, as an example of suffering and patience. I was just reading Jeremiah in chapter 22. It says that he was beaten and put in stocks. All he was doing was prophesying in the name of the Lord, right? He was doing what God commanded him to do. And yet he was beat for that. He suffered for that. And many times in Jeremiah, he cries out, kind of like David in the Psalms, and he would say, when are you going to pay them back lord when are you going to make this right when is your justice going to come when are you going to pay back the enemy for the evil they're doing against me and it didn't happen immediately you know after jeremiah was beaten he was released the next day and god did not punish the perpetrator instead god told jeremiah it would come but it would come a little bit later And so Jeremiah tells the priest who beat him he says you know your name is no longer you know what what your name is your name is now terror your name is terror because terror is going to come on you and you're going to be a terror to your friends you're going to be carried off to Babylon and you're going to die there and so he there was not immediate relief in that moment and so that's something that we have to remember you know so many times we have injustice committed against us right people do wrong they sin against us all the time and we think Lord, why are you not making this right? Why are you not intervening? Why are you not stepping in and correcting this? Can you not see that I'm suffering? Can you not see that I have, um, you know, lost in some form or fashion, you know, physically, financially, whatever, fill in the blank, right? And God is saying, yes, absolutely. I saw what happened. Absolutely. I heard and I saw and I know, but it's not going to happen immediately, right? It's in God's time. It's in God's way. And sometimes that can take a long time and sometimes it may not even be in your lifetime when he corrects that. But just know that we are to wait for him to take care of it. We are not to take vengeance in our own
1: hands. James reminds us too that we can find encouragement in men like the prophets and Job and Jeremiah who have gone before us and remained steadfast in their trials. And not only that, but we also have a God that is full of mercy and compassion, as it says at the end of verse 11. So whenever you're faced with challenging circumstances or a frustrating season of waiting, remember that you're not the first one or the only one to experience this. And remember who God is. We don't serve a weak, unorganized, and oblivious God. Our God knows every little thing that happens to us and how we will respond. And guess what? He's strong enough to hold you up through it. So place your full trust in him and rely completely on his sovereignty when you're waiting. If you have not placed your faith
0: in Christ, why wait? Seek him and call on his name for salvation. Confess that you are a sinner and repent of your sin. Surrender to Jesus today and place your trust
1: in him as Savior and Lord of your life. Thanks for listening to the Real Life Faith Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share us with others so they too can learn about living out real faith in real life. You can check out our blog and shop at reallivefaith.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Gab Social. Don't forget to sign up for our emails to receive exclusive subscriber content. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.